You're listening to Not Another Origin Story, the kind of movie podcast. I'm your host, Pogues, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ben Chapman. Hey, look! Superman's drunk! It's me. Ben, I'm here. Just wanted to start this thing off with my favorite line from Superman 3. Uh, I, we can get to my my favorite line, which is, I just, Superman some guys... is just in a slump. Yeah, Not I just like the idea... Is. I, I just like the idea that some guy went home and like, hey, honey, how was your day? Because oh, I don't know, sus Superman. He's a real drunk asshole. <laughs> oh, the scene I yelled he's at in him. that like weird like diner and he's like breaking yeah. bottles with like flicking peanuts into them. <laughs> That's it was great. a very weird scene because I'm like, I don't know if you hit them hard enough when they just shatter when you hit them. Welcome everyone to this episode of Not Another Origin Story. The comic book movie podcast where we break down comic book films that were adapted from their source material holy shit um this is not even look, adapted from its source material look look we're so fact, fucking far <laughs> other than the fact that superman is the main character this could not have any less to do with the comic book oh my god uh this is called i mean i mean we, we, we can't even like this isn't even a comic book movie it's a richard pryor movie it's a badly written I don't even Richard Pryor movie describe. where Superman makes a, a cameo, is what this is. It's three separate movies put together with the through thread being, I guess, Superman. Because there's like a weird <laughs> love story about a girl who regrets that she never moved out of a small town to a big oh town God. and meets up with a guy she used to kind of like at her high school reunion. Then there's the story of a down-on-your-luck man who is just for some reason super good at computer programming which would be like just waking up one day and being like wait i can speak latin yeah it's that's not, not like something you could just be good like you can just learn it's a language it's not fucking rookie of the year you yeah. can't just look yeah, into this there's no, there's no like innate skill in programming <laughs> intelligence i guess but he just he, well, someone comes over and is like how'd you try lineate these coordinates he's like i don't know i just did it and you're like what, what yeah you you're like that's not how computers did. work you can't just do whatever you want with oh them my. but uh, i have to i mean this movie has zero no one on this movie if it's ever seen a computer well, this because they was say 1983 the t- i still still they're constantly saying the same thing over and over again i want to build a supercomputer the answer to the question what's super about it is that it's faster you could just say that well no but they kept saying like oh it'll do stuff it'll do stuff whatever i tell it to that's all computers that's all of them (laughs) No, the supercomputer he builds is super because it has access to like eight thousand warheads. Fuck like it's not me. a computer Fuck so much me. as like oh, some sort God. of death machine. Look, folks, I come compose these things sometimes. I come ready with notes and like a chronology I want to work with. Folks, I'm just I'm just coming in hot. I'm just pissed off. <laughs> yeah, I while watching this movie, I was Fuck. like I was like, ooh. It's like, maybe Ben will find something redeemable in this, but right now I'm really annoyed that I'm watching this movie. And uh, I mean, I may have watched oh, it God. part of it while I was at work. <laughs> the The only redeemable thing in this movie is the angry Italian souvenir salesman who keeps getting his business ruined because Superman keeps moving the Leaning Tower of Pisa. That is the only redeemable thing. The most, like, racist portrayal of Italians. <laughs> And at the end, he's just, like, putting it... He's filling his stall with all the straightened Pisa yeah. statuettes. And then, like, Superman fixes it from when bad Superman ruined it. And, like, 
he just calmly takes the broom from his friend and bashes the shelf repeatedly while swearing what I can assume is Italian. Yeah. It, oh boy, that's just the like, only thing that the gave two of me them light. So clearly like on a green screen, not even close to where the tower piece is. Just two guys on a soundstage. So I, I just want to set the scene for this movie before we get into it. So this movie came out in uh, 1983, which is, um, I'm trying to remember when the first, Superman 2 came out in 1980. So this is three years after the third movie. Uh, additionally, it, it, it's missing a bunch of like all the stuff that had so far succeeded. It's still got Christopher Reeve, of course. That would be a pretty big loss if they had yeah. to change Superman. But it, 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 it they lost, um, well, I mean, I guess, I don't think Lex Luthor was in yes don't you remember in two uh two is famous because oh, right, remember right. that that's when they, they kicked prison, yeah. donner off and they replaced him with lester and yes. remember they did reshoots and uh either i can't remember now the story either hackman refused to come back and do them or was just unavailable so remember they had that stand-in yes and the guy stand-in. doing the really bad voice impersonation of him where he's like oh, i'm gonna get you superman it's like that's not what gene hackman sounds like <laughs> The guy was such a fucking. It was hack, so man. bad. You guys should really, if you did not listen to that episode, you should listen to the Superman two. We talk about this amazing. I forgot body about double. that, but but obviously, so 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 to correct myself, two stand stand like pillars of this franchise so far are Christopher Reeve, who's back, yeah. Hackman, who just flat out refused to be a part of it, and then. Um, I mean, there's a bunch of arguments online and he's denied that he actually refused to do this, but he said he was just busy. But I mean, it's the fucking Superman trilogy. Like, you're not going to be busy for that. Yeah, like, I imagine um, that they were still would have paid him quite a lot, but it seems but su- odd. And, and and Lois, old Margot Kidder, uh, uh, R.I.P., uh, was in this kind of. I mean... She's like she two, has as many like lines. She might have less lines than Jimmy Olsen. So let that sink in. Yeah. Lois Lane, the main one of the main characters in the first movie, has a large of, role in the second movie. One of movie. the main characters of Superman. Yes. Full stop. The love of his life. The woman he's like obsessed with. In the opening scenes with her and Clark Kent, when Clark Kent shows up at the Daily Planet, she's like, Well, I'm going to the Bahamas and then leaves. And she does not appear until the last ten I minutes just... of the movie. It's, I need, it's insane. I need you, the listening audience, to just understand this. I mean, it is literally like if, if Iron Man like two started out, and Pepper Potts is like, "Well, I'm off to Hawaii, bye." Yeah. I gotta, I gotta, just, like, I gotta close a real estate deal. I'll see you at the end of this film. I just, it's, 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 it's so insane because every other movie would just like, oh, we'll just write around this, you know. In Batman, yeah. they changed, they changed, uh, uh, what's her name, uh, uh, Rachel. To a new actress and they're just like well it's a different actress let's just keep going um this one they're just like well we're mad at i'm the director and i'm mad at margot kidder apparently so i'm just going to tell her she's on vacation then kick her off set for like eight months and then bring her back for like one shoot at but the end i gotta say looking at this film oh, she lucked out yeah not a punishment <laughs> she lucked out <laughs> she is the true winner and and okay and to speak to your thing you were saying about gene hackman is when you watch this movie, there is a villain who is straight up, he's just the Lex Luthor character from the first two films, which is not the Lex Luthor from the comics. But he's like, like his whole thing, like while he's talking, I'm like, this was clearly supposed to be Lex Luthor, and they just didn't put him in the movie. And they recast it for some reason, which, you know, is possibly because Gene Hackman was busy, question mark. But it just seems so weird that, like, if that was the case, like, 
why not just cast him as a different actor? You know what I mean? Why not just be like, oh, Lex Luthor's now played by, uh, I don't know. Just trying, just trying to think of the guy who played Rain Man. I can't think of his name. I was trying to find, um, I was trying to find, uh, uh, an actual, like, for real quote on it, but, um, and I can't take it up anywhere, but, but I had read earlier when we were doing, like, sort of the research for this movie that, uh, in Richard Pryor's biography, autobiography, I don't know, uh, he commented on this saying that he just purely did it just for money. I mean, like, that's something we assume about a lot of actors in movies we watch, but, like, he just said it. And it was no more apparent than this movie. I mean, he's not, like, I wouldn't say Pryor's, like, phoning it in, but he has nothing to work with. He has no good material to do anything with. He, he can't improvise in any of these scenes. He can't... The the script is god-awful. Like, he's... And, and for some confusing fucking reason, he's written in here with... I don't know if someone's in the math, but I think he's got more screen time than Superman. Am I wrong? I... Yeah, no, I think that's probably accurate. I, 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 I'm, I'm genuinely confident that he has more screen time than Superman because this movie starts with... Um, I guess just like a Mr. Magoo movie that yeah, they started the, writing and then they forgot. That is a great, yeah, I could not, like when I was watching it, what the fuck I, I, is I rented this? the movie from YouTube because I have like a bunch of credits from a Google survey you do and they give you money. So I was like, oh sweet, I'm not going to pay actual money for this movie. Oh, so I'm watching it on YouTube and I was like, motherfucker, I just bought the wrong movie. Because I'm like, this makes no sense. But then they kept doing the Superman font and I was like, huh. And, like, the f- opening of the movie is just, like, a slapstick, like a Benny Hill sketch. It's, it's shit. Like, if they had just put yakety sacks over it, I don't think you would have noticed. I guess there'd be less women in their underwear. But I <laughs> thought, right away, there, I, less, but not not none, because yes. this movie has a bunch of weird, like, gross, bizarre, sexist shit. Well, I don't want to talk about that Fuck, stuff. we'll get there. I had a fucking counter going. But, but the beginning of this movie is, like, someone, like, on roller skates, bumping into a hot dog cart which knocks over some phone booths and that i thought that was gonna go somewhere i thought superman was gonna get out of a phone booth be like i was getting changed or something that's like the thing that's like crazy is is like all this stuff keeps happening you're like all right it's gonna be like some big disaster and superman's gonna swoop in and save everybody and that's gonna be like his thing is like i don't know why he's this like (laughs) zoned in on all these people's lives but he's gonna stop the guy from falling in the hole he's gonna help but then all it ends up happening is this guy robs a bank, and as he's running away, two security guards just open fire into traffic. <laughs> like, they don't even come close to hitting this guy. They hit a guy's car. But it drives over a um, fire, fire hydrant. hydrant, and the car starts filling with water, and Superman eventually shows up and saves him. That criminal still got away, and countless other people have been injured during this opening montage. Where- More important, the montage has no fucking bearing. On the bank robbery. Yes. Like, it was like the bank... It wasn't like the, the cops ran out... The like the eighth thing that happens. It wasn't like the cops got, ran out of the bank and, and were trying to shoot him accurately and then, like, the hot dog cart roller skate lady hit them. Like, we just saw a series of inconsequential pratfalls and then, 15 minutes later, a bank robbery happens and that's the thing that fucking matters. I'm like, what was all of that? I mean, just imagine that before we got... To the scene where, like, Leia and Darth Vader are arguing with each other on, like, you know, on, on, the, on the Rebel Alliance ship at the beginning of Star Wars. There was just, like, mm-hmm. a series 
Oh yeah, there's just like a series of fucking pratfalls. Like there's yeah. just like a series of pe- people in like a dock, like tripping over each other. Remember and then we went and started the movie. Is there a warm up? What is this? Remember like the beginning of Dark Knight the where there's like this? the clowns robbing the bank and you're like, this is kind I... of a weird and you're like, oh, it's the introduction of Joker. Imagine that, that if at the end the guy had just been like successful crime and it was just a gang of people dressed as clowns and they never appeared in the rest of the movie. Also, and then the camera of pans over the one guy. They did like the Three Stooges want 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 thing. <laughs> and then the camera pans over and someone like trips over a table and then like oopsie, that was what a what a spill I had. Anyway, back to Superman. Like it was just like it was like they changed the channel. <laughs> like mid-move. It was like I was watching an old like fucking Three Stooges movie and then someone was like ooh shit sorry and then like changed it back to Superman. That's what it felt like for most of this movie. Because, you know, after that, we don't now go into, like, what's up with Superman. We kind of, like, get this brief with, uh, with, with, with the Daily Planet, and we start getting back into Clark Kent's life, which is pointless. Uh, we learn a couple of, of interesting things. Uh, namely that, uh, apparently, the Daily Planet has a, um, a variation of bingo yes. called Jingo. And oh boy, I, I guess they're giving away a free trip to Colombia, right? Yeah. Now I'm not gonna. I'm not trying to decry an entire country, but doesn't that seem like an odd place to pick for people to go? Like, if you're like, we're giving someone a vacation, like, why aren't they going to the Bahamas and Lois Lane's going to? Like, Colombia's not known for as like a vacation spot, is it? Like, I've never heard somebody be like, "Ooh, man, we spent a week in Colombia. It was amazing." Um, yeah, also the fact that fucking jingoism is a thing, <laughs> and it has to do with hostile, hostile foreign policy against other nations. So to to have a jingo raffle that sends a bunch of white people to Colombia... Yeah, I guess I didn't think about the poor name. It's fucking bonkers, and that then, then we get Lois Lane just being like, well, peace, and then I'm like, what is... We're like twenty minutes in. I just I literally wrote twice. What is going on in? Oh, I mean, boy. I feel like they just needed those. Like they needed people to be down there so that I guess they could be like the audience surrogate for when we like so mm. we know that what they're showing is Columbia, not just a back lot of like a Warner Brothers studio. Because like I don't cannot figure give... out what that. Because then they bring them back. They're gonna try to sue the Daily Planet in a scene later. I'm like. Do I really need follow-ups on these Don't people? Don't give them any credit. <laughs> because later on, like, when when Columbia's being attacked by a weather satellite, I love that if you didn't watch this movie and you're listening to this episode, it will sound like we are just improvising. <laughs> that was one of my favorite moments, is when they're like, the United States uh, put a weather satellite into orbit to monitor the weather, but we can use it to control the weather. And I, went, I my first thought was like, wait, the United States created a weather-altering satellite and isn't using it to alter the weather for, like, safety reasons? To be like, well, no tornadoes, no hurricane. <laughs> I mean, like, if we could control the weather, wouldn't we be making it, like, wouldn't we really be controlling it? Not just being like, yeah, look at this storm coming. That's going to kill a lot of people. Oh, well. Yeah. It was just such a weird thing to be like, yeah, I, no explanation. That's- literally the plot of of fucking geostorm yes a movie that came out last year with gerard butler it's literally the plot. but then i'm just realizing now that superman 3 
inspired like 10 movies yes, all of them <laughs> not that great well i guess uh, office space is office good. space is good yeah. what what gets me though me. is in this movie too they're like they're like we need you to access the satellite but from somewhere that can't be traced back to me and i was like could they trace stuff from computers back then like it's 1983 how would they know where it's coming from also this guy is supposed to make the world's best hacker despite you know that not really being a thing yet I'm sure he could make. He doesn't need to drive to Sw- Smallville. I know we're and playing why fast the, and loose. Why is the small? Why is the control thing for the space satellite in Smallville? I don't know what it was. I don't think it was because when we get to the scene where Richard Pryor just sort of like um, plies this drunk fucking weirdo from Smallville with like a suitcase full of beer which I don't even I did not understand that and Richard Pryor doing what I assume uh, Dave Chappelle bases his white guy voice on cause like when he's like talking through the glass I was like what is happening that was really funny but he he gets into this I guess it it, it says it's like a wheat it says it says like wheat something on the door it's like it's like a it's like a it's like a shipping center. But why does like it have like a computer greenery. that you need to like two keys like it's a nuclear two, I, warhead? I, I I genuinely don't know. And then it shows him drunk on the computer doing drunk hacking. I mean, we've all been there. Uh, a lot of drinking in this movie, by the way. Yes. <laughs> uh, he's 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 drunk hacking, and he he fucking. Uh, it, yeah. He he. he, he creates an atm a random atm machine yeah that keeps spitting he's out like, money he's like accidentally hacking into a bunch of different like computer systems and until he gets to the weather satellite my I think favorite this was... though was the the street Fuck. where all the people start crossing and then the street stand yeah. starts fighting itself like he somehow hacked the i want to be clear walk, don't walk people things into an animated the, film the walk don't walk character like like lights symbols like literally come to life and fight each other in the streetlight. It's but then my favorite part of that is, what city is that supposed to be? Because it's it's know. in the United States. It's all white people, so it's in the United States. Sure, sure. It's midnight in Smallville. Oh, is, yeah. is what he yeah. said during his speech. He's talking about that it's midnight. Why is it broad daylight in whatever city this is? Even if it's Los Angeles. It's still 9 p.m. I mean, at night. It's not broad daylight. So that like, cannot where... be where you're drawing the goddamn line. No, that is. That's it's, that's it's where I was like, this is where insane. I stopped believing this movie. <laughs> but where this movie pushes us into the third story is that uh, is that Clark Kent is like, boy, boy, howdy, the newspaper. I got a great story. I'm going yes. to my I'm going to my high school reunion, and I'm gonna write a. This was the most insane storyline that i've ever heard like put into a movie or like he's like all right i'm gonna go back to town i want you to run this big story where i drive to smallville which is like an hour away it's like a suburb outside of metropolis which is metropolis is just chicago i'm surprised you haven't mentioned that but that's in in the scheme of things gotham is supposed to be new york and metropolis was supposed to be chicago until they made that terrible movie no i I, know two mega cities on either side of a, a river I know where they. I know where they filmed the uh, hot dog cart sequence. Okay, wow, I can, I can... I don't, let's not even talk about that. Um, <laughs> but it's like um, he's like, I'm going to go back. Can I get travel expenses? It's like it's literally a car ride away. It's it's not an, even another state. It's just like an hour and fifteen minutes away. It's not that far. You could walk there if you really needed to. 
But he's going to go back and then write an article about a guy who moves to Metropolis and how, like, what it's like when he yeah, goes back. The, but his the, persona the... at the Daily Planet is like a fucking farm boy. Like, he's not, like, suave now that he's in Metropolis. He's still, like, the, the, the bumpkin who's real nervous and super polite. So it's like, yeah, when you go back, it's going to be the exact same because you're the same person. You haven't changed since you came to Metropolis. Why would I okay this story? Perry White has just really lost control of the Daily Planet. Is what Absolutely. Lost fucking control. More than the fact that on the way there, they encounter a chemical explosion that nearly wipes out the eastern seaboard. And then after, well, he deals with it as Superman, but technically Jimmy's there and theoretically to everyone else, Clark's there. Kent would have yeah, been just Clark's watching. there. And then so he would have called up and been like, hey, I'm sending Jimmy back. He was nearly killed in a gas explosion when he fell off a ladder, a fire ladder while getting photographs. I'm going to keep going to my high school. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to write about this. This is boring. I'm off to my desk. As an eyewitness, as the eyewitness reporter there, could you write us a story? (laughs) No, man, I got this hot beat about my 20th high school reunion. I'm going to go back. You have no idea how fucking great this is going to be. I'm going to talk to one person at my reunion, and then I'm going to write about it. The the chemical scene also had another... There's a lot of great lines, like you said. Superman's drunk. When the kid, when Superman becomes evil, and the kid says Superman's just in a slump, like as if he's like a major league ba- like baseball player. Yeah, <laughs> he's just like, yeah. oh, he's having a tough time hitting the ball. Uh, but at one point, the guy's trying to explain what's in there, and he's like, it's like, uh, it's like, it's a chemical plant. They're like chemicals. <laughs> and I was like, did somebody write that, or did they just let this guy ad lib? And then we're like, fuck it, we can't cut it. But it's the only take we got where there's sound because he he literally is like, it's like. Uh, chemicals and i was like it was just so unnatural when he did it that it was one of those things where i wish there could have been imdb trivia to explain it to me because i just wanted to know so bad oh my god i think that, that, that that's a constant in this movie every person villain protagonist weird tertiary character that takes up the entire movie they're all the dumbest people on the planet everyone is dumb the the guy the, the fucking editor of the Daily Planet has absolutely no idea what's going on. He's just commissioning wild goddamn stories about Kent's cleaning out his fucking garage. Yeah, and then and and, and 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 like people are falling off of ladders into chemical fires. People are building supercomputers in mountains for no explicable reason. I mean, Richard Pryor, despite having somehow being having complete authoritarian control, like he's fucking Cipher from X Men. And and, and 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 yet he's just like he can't he's scared of everything he rides a donkey in a canyon he he, he falls over stuff he falls off a building on skis i that scene i just is the scene where i was just like really it, so for some reason there's snow on top of this building i don't even remember what the bad guy's name is again pokes it sounds like we are just making up yes. a movie that no one made what is what was even the bad? I'm gonna be honest. I do not know what the bad guy's name was, and they say it a lot. And uh, I, it was, oh god, Ross, Ross Webster. Webster. Yeah, yeah. His the roof of his building is covered in snow for some reason, and they have like a ski ramp set up, but they're on top of a skyscraper, and the ramp ends facing the edge of the building, which is like a small fence. So it's like so dangerous if you were to actually use it. But Richard Pryor goes up. And he's talking about how they use the weather to destroy the... Hold on. 
I, I want to point out he's not just chatting about the like oh yeah but well, some plot point he's there's literally he's describing a scene that should have been filmed well like, they, he's like, they oh, do s- cut to it occasionally but- a, a little bit but they're like they're describing that Columbia the the entirety of Columbia is being destroyed by a tornado by a created storm. by a, by by created by a satellite and Superman is reversing tornadoes and drying coffee bean fields somehow with lasers. But, I, so he like starts going burning. he starts telling this story and he like pulls a tablecloth off and he has like the tablecloth wrapped around his shoulders and he's like pretending to fly and i i can only imagine this was all ad-libbed because it's it's so weird it's not good and he's telling the story about like taking the tornado and putting the small man on top and the big man on bottom or something and he's like laughing maniacally and then they're like talking about how mad they are that they didn't think about Superman. And he walks over and he keeps saying like, it's not my fault. I didn't know Superman was going to be there. It's not my fault. He must say it's not my fault 80 times. He then puts on some skis and turns around, but he's on the flat part of the building. And all of a sudden he's like, I don't know how to ski. And just like, as if he's jet propelled, (laughs) flies off and falls conservatively 75 stories. (laughs) I mean, he falls for like a minute. Lands on a small outcropping of the building, slides down it, falls another 20 stories, lands on the street, and then just starts crossing the road with skis on and, like, a pink tablecloth tied around him. I genuinely thought Superman was going to scoop him yes. up. Yes! And then he's going to have an awkward, like, oh, boy, Superman. Hey, hey, hey. Like, you know, Superman doesn't know he's trying to murder him or whatever. Yeah, he doesn't know and, that he was the cause of the thing. I kept waiting And I was waiting, and I, and I was waiting, and I was like, nope, Richard Pryor's going to fall off a... 50 story building <laughs> it was it was uh, insane and like nothing and so you're just like what is why is this in the movie it was i don't know it was insane that and that um the bad guys like this weird bit they were trying to do that like went nowhere this is his girl like lorelei or something uh not gilmore but she's like really dumb in the movie but she's yeah. supposed to be like really smart, and she's just pretending to be dumb. And, she's and then at doing some point, she's the most obnoxious voice ever. She's doing like this shitty Carol Kane impression that was making me really piss. <laughs> it was very, it was really bad. It was annoying me a lot. And then we also meet um, the the rich CEO, the the sort of like uh, the, the the fake Luther, yeah, you know, the faux the faux Luther, uh, his 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 sister, who is. Fucking, what is the actress's name? Because she is uh, Annie, Annie Ross. Ross. Apparently, yeah. She is not an ugly person. She is no. not an ugly person. But every time she is on screen, even in the beginning, when someone sees her in a picture and says, this picture is fuzzy, and someone's like, oh, that's just how she looks. I was like, what is wrong with everybody? Yeah, <laughs> like, like when she first shows up uh, and meets Richard Pryor, he's like, I didn't know your mom was going to be here. It's like, she looks the exact same age as this other guy. <laughs> she does not yeah. look older than him. It was just it's such so, a weird it's joke. It's so weird. A, it's gross. Don't do that. But B, if you're going to do that, just get an old lady. This, like, this get... movie was not great for women. I don't understand. She's a perfectly good-looking person. And they're all, and every time she got on screen, someone would go, whoa, Jesus. Like It was, it was just gross. <laughs> it was very weird very fuck weird. me and then they, they went back to that well like repeatedly but then we we haven't talked enough about richard fucking Pryor because we're introduced to in the beginning he's at the um 
he hit the unemployment office. It's it's established that he's been out of work for I think they say like thirty five weeks. weeks. Or, yeah, maybe that was like thirty six weeks. It's it's so it's a long time. He's been out of work. He's tr- he's he's gotten hired at a couple of places and been fired like day one. So he's clearly like you know not a reliable guy and he's struggling. Um, and and as as these scenes are going on, I'm like, why am I seeing so much of him? And then this is like an entirely separate movie that is happening until he gets caught stealing. And then it connects to this movie. There's like this weird subplot about like this savant who all of a sudden knows how to write computer programs. Yeah, because he he he, he learns from like a match, uh, like a, a, a pack of matches that you can go to school for computers. I don't know where he gets the money to do so, whatever, but he goes to school for computers. Um, he seems to be some sort of turbo genius, which we've sort of already covered. And then he, he just becomes, he gets a job at a company like working a real job and making money, which by the way is hilarious because he gets his first paycheck and complains about the yeah, money. Did not know. Up. So I was like, did he ever? How did he have a job before? He didn't know there was taxes, or the fact that he was just on unemployment, which is like yes, <laughs> it's, it's, it anyway. felt it felt like anyway. that. Like that whole scene was just like another thing where they're like, Richard, just do whatever you want. Just come up but with like, like talk don't, about how you don't, don't like taxes. They don't make that joke, but but. Like, the fact that he was just on, you know, uh, assistance, and then he was complaining about the money from his paycheck that goes to assistance. Anyway, it's it's irrelevant. They don't make fun of it. It's just it's just a relevant thing that comes up and then fades into a way like everything else in this movie. But we're, like, 40 minutes into this movie, and we spend, like, a good 10 minutes just sitting in an office with Richard Pryor getting lunch. And I was like, what is going? Like, he's getting lunch pokes yeah, he's getting some guy... he's in line getting a sandwich and i'm like this is a superman movie where are we <laughs> yeah it's like it's like the superman bits I... were inserted into another film like they were just like because he doesn't just he doesn't have anything to do with the story until about an hour into the movie like i mean what, what imagine... he does has any effect on the plot of the movie just it's imagine so we watching like the first spider-man movie and then at some point we like pan over to someone Spider-Man talks to at school, and then the, the camera follows that guy as he goes and gets a coffee and talks to someone about how he hopes he can find a job when he graduates, and then talks about how he did quit his last job. And like ten minutes into that, you're like, "What? Did something happen? Did the cameraman well, get lost?" Yeah, and then like, what's what? crazy is is like, all right, they're setting up this plot where he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna steal all these half cents," and you're like, "Oh, okay, that must." That must be the plot of the movie. He must do something and get really rich or something, or something's gonna. This is somehow gonna pay off. No, it's just a means for his bosses to find out he's really good at computers. So I'm like, couldn't they have just found out like he does something the first day he's there that everybody said was impossible, and then they're like, we got it. Because what's weird is Richard Pryor repeatedly breaks the law in this movie, for because he wants money. He just wants easy money. At the end of the film. He is let off scot free. No, nothing. He is the cause of like half of these problems, and they're just like, eh. It's such a bizarre like end of a like a film to be like, oh, I mean, he was only kind of a bad guy. He was just bad guy adjacent. It's so weird. Yeah, I mean, he's 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 the he's the facilitator of all of this like near world ending crime at points. Yeah, and- he cre- he he's the one who destroys the the satellite um and you could tell that the, the there was there was this like word online that the original plot which sounded bad don't get me wrong included a, a main villain brainiac 
uh, with subsequent appearances by um, Mr. Uh, Picks and Supergirl. Yeah, which is, just um, feels like a lot of people in a movie. And it, it, you, you could tell here are part of the, the, the parts where they fucking cannibalize from like the Brainiac stuff because the layer they build for him in the canyon for no goddamn reason is very Brainiac like. Yes, it's like yeah, yeah. just full of big transistors and like laser beams and shit. Super Brainiac. And I was thinking, why not just make Richard Pryor Brainiac? Like, why not just be like that's like that was something else I thought they were like, they, but he's just genius. And then like have him get caught writing, like you said, like writing some sort of advanced program that like helped him embezzle, and then someone being like, well, we can get you involved in this, and then or like we what get if Brainiac, he, like what right? if he was like, like, oh, I'm gonna create this computer and it's gonna do something, and then the computer like takes over his body or something, and he's like Brainiac, right? Because it's like so weird. Is he is the cause of the problems? Nobody else could do what he does, and he wants them to build him a supercomputer, which is meant to kill people because he's like, no one can turn it off. It can find anyone's weakness, and it's like, okay, what could you possibly want that computer for other than to break the law? <laughs> Like, you know what I mean? There's nothing else you would use that computer for. and so. But then at the end, he just gets off scot-free. It's so weird. And because of that, you're just like, I don't understand this film. It's just like a really weird ending to a movie. Yeah, in a way, he sort of is Brainiac, like, because he constructs this massive device. But only if Brainiac spent his entire time not comprising intelligent plans, just sort of like farted on keyboards and fell off rooftops like it just yeah, it's, yeah i mean it's, it, it, it would be like absurd and, and when you really get down to it there is no villain in this movie i mean the c the, the, like the shitty ceo is like sort of a villain but there's no like he's not well, he's Luther. definitely a villain in the sense that he's like one wants to kill superman and two is trying to manipulate all of like the world's economies by causing an oil shortage at one point, which was like a really weird subplot of it. as if like all oil tankers would just go to the same place in the ocean and never move. Yeah, because like the there's not that much told them food. To. There's not that much food on oil tankers. I mean, how long do you think you can leave them out there before the crews just die? Also, they established that the tankers aren't controlled. By yeah, computers. that's I could not believe. Computers give them navigation, which means they just all sailed out to the middle of the ocean in a giant pile and we're just like boy this is weird yeah it's like it says to await orders so we'll all just hang out here it's like uh only one guy was smart enough to be like fuck that I'm i know how to actually I, know, I know how to like I use it i know how to use a goddamn compass so yeah it's fine why would i await uh, orders i'm an oil tanker it would be like a, like a ups driver getting a notice that's like go park on this street and await further orders they just be like what like, I only have one function. It's to deliver something. <laughs> Not like a military vessel. It was very, uh, very odd. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just like... But what I was getting at earlier is that there's no, like, tangible villain no. in it. There's just this guy doing, like, random crimes. And eventually he's and like... And he's really not doing anything. He's just right, telling he's just Richard saying, Pryor to. And he's not like a Lex Luthor world domination kind of guy he's just like a shitty seat he's just like a fucking it's like every, i want to own everything yeah it's like i want to be i want to be one of the Koch brothers you know it's it's absurd and then you really think about that richard Pryor is like the plot driver of the entire movie so it's like again just like comparing this to other movies imagine like instead of like i don't know doc ock being the villain in spider-man 2 it was just like dane cook and he wasn't a villain he was just like 
trying to get a job and he was like working at like a restaurant right. and then he's I, like I oh, you know like what? i'm pretty Dink, good at programming i feel like dane cook is an offensive thing to <laughs> to compare to richard pryor no I'm, I'm not trying to just like richard pryor as a comedian but like at like at the time spider-man 2 came out dane cook was very popular true and, i and guess you are and right it's just like that's what, that's what I'm getting at. Is like they're just like, oh, let's just pick a popular comedian right well, no, now. Here's what, and he'll he'll just like fart around on a B plot that is most of the movie, and then maybe like Spider Man will come in and be like, hey, Dane Cook, do you want to cut that out? Anyway, bye. Like it's so. Here's just, something that's crazy. Supposedly the oh story God. is Richard Pryor was on the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, and during an interview he said, oh, I would really love to be in a Superman movie. And he was, like, joking because why would Richard Pryor be in a Superman movie? Like, you know what I mean? Like, he was making a joke to be like, what What would I do in a Superman movie? That would be insane. I'm a comedic actor. The producers thought he was serious, even though he was joking. And were just like, hey, we're going to cast you in this movie. And he was just like, okay. I mean, they were going to pay him, so why wouldn't you say okay? But supposedly the whole reason he is on there is because he said on Johnny Carson, I want to be in a Superman movie. So they were like, let's just rewrite a film and just put Richard Pryor in. It's like a real uh, Samuel L. Jackson Phantom Menace thing. Or yeah, but Attack just, of the Clones. They, they just gave him like a purple lightsaber and threw him in a couple scenes, yeah. basically. Like, when he was also like an established like, actor. <laughs> yeah, but also imagine like at, at some point during the plot of, I don't know, Attack of the Clones, we just like followed samuel L. jackson back to his room where he like complained about his taxes and then then like went and got a sandwich so i'd be like hold on yeah he's just there talking What's... about how much the galactic government takes out of his jedi stipend <laughs> i'd be like hold on what the fuck and then a, later what, on what's a coruscant tax later on he tells us that we missed a jedi battle and then he describes it to us because i wanted to establish that's what he does earlier he describes a, a scene from the Superman movie that we didn't get to see. Other than really bad cuts and what is clearly a cartoon drawing of a tornado at one point. It's very weird. This is something else I saw when I was looking at the fact about the Richard Pryor thing that I just wanted to read to you real quick when I saw it. Sure. Christopher Reeves threatened not to return for this film to protest Richard Donner's firing and because he hated the script. With the film already in pre-production, the producers scrambled to find an actor to play Superman. John Travolta was approached but declined. Jeff Bridges and Kurt Russell were also considered, but they weren't interested. A few days before filming was set to begin, the Skulkins or Skaldens, whatever their name is, the producers, settled on Tony Danza as Clark Kent Superman. Richard Lester was mortified with the casting of Danza and pleaded for Reeve to return. Reeve eventually agreed if he was allowed to change the script. The producers agreed, and Reeve reprised his role. What in the fuck did he change? Because it's terrible. Well, how bad was it before? Also, can you imagine that fucking movie? With no Tony Danza? Kidder, no Gene Hackman. Tony Danza fucking playing Superman. I mean, that would just be <laughs> Superman in charge I mean, of our lives. Movie. Was that Tony Danza in? The, 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 I mean, it's it's so sad that it didn't get made. It's as sad as that Nicolas Cage fucking thing they were going to do and never actually did. Yeah, where you just like to just see it, just so you could uh, figure out what it was like. Yeah, I just want I just wanted to I just wanted to have witnessed that hellscape so I could I could so it just could exist and I could like taste it. Um, 
I just, I, I have lot, like my notes are so sparse because I, I, I had a, like we're, we're having a lot of fun with it, but I had a genuinely bad time. Yeah, I did not enjoy any part of watching this Nothing movie. happens. I mean, Richard Pryor tries to do bits and they don't really work. I don't think Hackman, or not Hackman, whoever plays the, the, the CEO, I know he's a famous actor, uh, 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 Robert Vaughn, yeah, um, Robert Vaughn's like, just scheming about, he's a, he's a, what is he from? I don't know where he's from, but, uh, he's just scheming a bunch of garbage, and Superman is like, going to reunions, and talking to Lana, is it Lana Kane? Lana, Lana Lane? I forget her name now. Too. Lana, Lang. Lana Lang. Yeah. Lana Lang. You know, just Lana Lane and Lois Lane. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> Who did this? This is in two, like another female character that's just really No, hold on. Shit don't, on. don't blow past that. Can we just, I know it's not this movie's fault, but can we talk about Lois Lane, Lana Lang? Like yeah. what the fuck? Well, you is know, they're that? cousins in the comics. Get, get, get fucked. Yeah. It's really, it's, it's get, very offensive. Get Fucked, he goes post. to high school with Lana Lang, like he does in this movie, and then he moves to Metropolis where he meets Lois Lane and their cousins from a it's family like, of L-loving assholes. Imagine if I had a cousin named, like, like Ken Chatmang. Like, what was that? What? What? No! Chad That's Chapman <laughs> would be the better one. Yeah, it'd be very superhero to me to be Chad Chapman. Fuck me. It's just... I think we revealed this in the Superman 1 uh, uh, episode, which I would also encourage you to listen to, that it, one of the powers that was written out of the comics with that Superman in a couple issues was able to produce smaller Superman from his yes. hand. spectacular. <laughs> anyway, I'm just talking about how you think like Superman is this pinnacle of comic books, but go read a few. <laughs> oh, they're real rough. He used to just beat a lot of female villains in, by spanking them. That was like a real go-to yeah, for him. It's a real thing. Real, real go-to for him. Uh, let's Speaking of creepy superman from the past let's talk about creepy superman in this movie oh yeah i forgot uh, about bad so superman. so the bad guy's plan is um they want to get kryptonite which the dumb girl knows about but still it's just like she's just pretending to be dumb she's very smart but still they're too stupid to know she's smart it's really weird subplot that never pays off um so they find out where krypton was i don't know how you can find out where an alien planet that you don't it's not like planets are named with like a little thing outside, like float outside them with their name. So I have no idea how you could tell where Krypton used to be, you know, because, you know, but anyways, they find it. They did, He tries to do a reading to see what the, what Krypton is made of. And there's one unknown element. So Richard Pryor just puts in tar because he's smoking cigarettes and there's a warning about the tar in it. Superman gets it. And uh, it's supposed to be, in the comics, there's multiple colors of kryptonite. There's, like, red, black, green. I think there might be yellow. But the red kryptonite, uh, like, I think makes him, like, a cad. You know what I mean? Like, he just loses all his inhibitions. It's like he's drunk. He just has, like, no inhibitions. It's super familiar with, like... Uh, the Spider-Man Three Evil Spider-Man. I mean, he's he's more evil than like Spider-Man buying a discount black suit, but yeah, it's still it's still like this weird thing where it's like he's not really evil. He's no, just he's just of kind prick. of a prick. Yeah, yeah. We said the exact same thing. It's but, perfect. But what's great is um, so he gets it now. Anybody who knows anything about Kryptonite, it's like he doesn't have to even see it. If it's just near him, it makes him weak, right? 
So they give him this thing and nothing happens. He like looks at it for a while. He's like, this is pretty cool. He has, doesn't question why the military just gave him a rock. It's like a weird thing to give somebody as like a reward. But he's just sitting there. He's looking at it. Then he goes to dinner at Lana Lang's house or lunch. And he has an entire meal with her. He sits through all of that festival. And then all of a sudden, he's just like, hey, wait a minute. This is having an effect on me. He doesn't even have it anymore. It's not even in the house with it's just like you touched it it's a it's like poison ivy you're not gonna get it the second you touch it about 15 yeah. minutes to like a couple hours later you're gonna be like i'm a little itchy and then you try to like rape lana lang he like starts coming on to her that's super weird like Holy joey shit, tribbiani man. from friends like almost like how you doing you know it's like so weird he's just like it's rare that you find a beautiful woman like yourself single it's like this is terrible also, I, I wanted. To, I'm glad you brought that up too, because something I wrote during those scenes is like, I, I think I don't think I think you could count my breaths on one hand, like intakes of breath in one fucking hand, between times that Lana Lang mentioned needing a man. That is her entire script. Her her story is, I never did anything because I never I, I got married. He was a prick. I divorced him. I, I couldn't tell. Was the guy that kept trying to hit on her, was that her ex-husband? I could not tell. I it was, thought it, it was, was supposed to be, but then he keeps talking to the kid as if that's not his kid. <laughs> so I could not. I was like, is this just an extra person? But I was like, I swear this is who she said she married. But his interactions with this child is as if he does not know it's his. Like, he's just like, hey, kiddo, what's up? Like, it's like, no, that's your son. You have to have seen him at some point. <laughs> It was really weird, but she keeps mentioning how she's stuck in Smallville, there's nothing for her there, and there's no men. She mentions that so frequently that I was just like, all right, I get it, you're horny. Like, I don't know what you want me to do, lady. It was just such a weird, like, she just had nothing going on, it's a subplot. Every time that she spoke to Clark, she would say, ah, I wish I had a man, wish my son had a man around. It's too bad I don't have a man. I would like to move to the city. I could find a man. Yes. That's, that, I, that, I just read all of her lines. That was it. That was it. She didn't... I, I don't know what she does. Yeah, and you then, never know what her job is. She has... I don't know... I, I don't know anything about her. And then also she says, boy, it's real hard because I'm all alone over here. Uh, last, uh, last, you know, winter I couldn't even pay all my heat bills. And then we see her house, which is... Which is demonstrably a mansion. And I'm it's like, a, well, there's very no nice fucking... No fucking re- <laughs> Of course you couldn't, Lana. Jesus. It's, it's also like, insane, ugh. though, is she lives in, like, a very nice house, but then she drives, like, a piece of shit car and then never mentions what her job is to the point where I was like, I does she just, like, find money on the street? And that's how, like, because they never, whenever they cut to her, it's the middle of the day, she's always at home. Like, she's never at a job. It was so weird. Or she was, like, at one point, she was just touring Metropolis, and, yeah. and they kept cutting to, it, like, oh, we're gonna... You know, she's got the kids gonna, they're gonna run into Superman somewhere, and they just don't. Like, well, they, he, he they sees do, him. and he yells at him on the street for like five minutes of the same three like dialogue repeated over and over. It was really annoying. Oh my god! Oh my god, Popes! I I, I just, just trying to like tie this all together. It's just we have Superman. We have Clark Kent fucking off 
to the middle of nowhere to do well, nothing. Well, like, yeah, first of all, he starts being, like, a prick. He start like, he fixes the Leaning Tower of Pisa. That's one of his prick Oh, right, moves. right, yeah. Which I'm like, is that really a dick move? Because that thing's going to fall over eventually. Like, it's going to happen. It's eventually going to tip too far and it's going to fall over because it's constantly sinking. It's not like it hit a point and it was like, I'm done. Like, they have things holding it up right now. It's eventually just going to tip over. So I'm like, is that really a dick move? Also, it wouldn't work if he just pushed it back. It would just immediately fall over. But, like, that's his dick move. Then he's like, I don't rescue people anymore, is what he tells this woman when he sees her on top of the Statue of Liberty, which we know from the first movie is for some reason in Metropolis instead of New York City. Um, But then he basically is like, she's like, I want you to go sink an oil tanker and then we can fuck. And he's like, BRB. Oh my God. And he flies out and opens it, like, breaks open an oil tanker, and then comes back, and it's, like, implied that he just bones this woman. It's so weird, because I'm like, it's like one of those weird 80s things where, It's like, not even implied. They just say it later. Well, like, just... no, because he comes into her room, and she's laying there in, like, lingerie, and she's like, come on in. And he, like, walks in, and it fades to black. So it's just like, oh... This is, but it's like one of those things where they're like, it's okay. Before it, before it fades to black, he like grabs her head. Yeah. It's very unsettling. It's super unsettling for like this fucking sequence to happen. And, 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 and and yeah, I I can't get over the fucking logic. I mean, again, this is everyone in this movie is the stupidest person on the planet. I mean, we constantly see Superman just like fucking hitting people with pies by accident and just, and dropping shit. Yeah. But even here, evil Superman is like flying around. I guess just evil Superman just stays in his outfit and just cruises. My favorite like, thing. Drink, my favorite... Drinking? I, what is he doing out One, there? One, I do not think Superman can get drunk. I feel like that's a thing Fair. that like, he wouldn't Fair. be able to do. Two, I love that we know it's evil Superman because he has a five o'clock shadow. Like they're like, yeah. they're like yeah. if Superman turned evil, he'd probably look scruffy. Like not like he's evil. It's just like he's like, ooh, I don't have time to shave. <laughs> it's such a weird like decision. It's very yeah. much like the bangs in Spider-Man Three, where they're just like, yeah, that makes somebody evil, right? A slight yeah. change to their appearance. But he he flies up to the top of the Statue of Liberty where a woman is, and I guess they set it up like she's like quote unquote a jumper, and so people are like, oh no, don't jump. She's wearing an evening gown. And she's just like hanging up there. She puts on a weird baby voice and is like, yeah, I'm not, not a- doing anything. And Superman's like, oh, we got time. And her response, yeah, is exactly like, I know a boat that's not going where I want it to go. And he's like, sure, got it. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's like, oh, so you're gonna you're gonna blow me if I go destroy this ship. And it's just like, it's so weird because they try to like address it later. Like he that- fixes all the things he did, but it's like. That does. This is not a good character. Yeah, like, you can't do and that by to the way, Superman. By the way, later he just shoves oil back into the. Fucking yeah, he blows dance. it back in because that's how oil works in the ocean. God damn. A it. stiff breeze can just push God. it back to where it's going. Damn it! But I just I can't get over how fucking wet tissue paper thin that was as like a plan. Just being like, hey, just just hang out like half nude on the Statue of Liberty. He'll eventually that- swing by. Get Superman hard and then tell him about the boat and then just fuck him later. You're going to have to fuck trust him, but it's probably going to be great. It's, it's going to be... It's a great plan. By the way, we're Superman 3 and we're very good with women's roles. It was like... A, it reminded me so much of like the um, Rick and Morty where they go to that purge planet and they yeah. like try to justify at the end where it's like, it's okay, you were under the influence of something. Your character's fine. It's like, yeah, that's like the whole time I was thinking is like, 
He's a terrible person. He basically just destroyed a boat for sex. I don't care if he's under the influence of this thing or not. Like, it's such a bizarre thing. There's no correction for that. Yeah, he's, it's it's hard to make that one up. Yeah, it's, it's like, it's like oh, cool. So you committed a crime, though, for sex. Seems like an odd thing. But then... I just can't get over it. The, the four women in this fucking movie is... is, is a girl is who Lois has to Lane, pretend to be dumb. Lois Lane, written out. A, a, a woman that has to pretend to be dumb and is instead used to be prostituted to yeah, Superman. Yeah, she pretends so to be dumb, boats. is really smart, but loves some a, super dick. A genius-level businesswoman whose only trait that we can understand is that she's ugly as sin. <laughs> fucking... Lana Lang, Lana Lang, who's just desperate for a man. Who's just, whose entire, like, reality hinges on whether or not she can date somebody. Uh, it's bad, man. It's bad. It's not great like, I don't, for women. It is I don't know if there's great an, for women. It's, it's, I mean, like. Even by 80 every, standards, it's a little Yeah, rough. even by, even by, like, this is like 83, by 83 fucking standards. I mean, the Alien movies have been out where we got one of our best, like, female yeah. protagonists of, like, all I was gonna say, Octopussy came out this year. Better female characters. <laughs> Still better female characters. And that movie has, like, a very offensive title. Oof. Oof, oof, oof. So let's oof, talk oof. about Superman Here's This Kid Yell, and uh, through some ADR looping of the kid saying, Superman can hear me, he's got super hearing, he's just in a slump, you can do it, Superman, and you just hear it for, like, a minute. Superman then proceeds to have, like, the classic sort of, like, comic book or sci-fi movie, like, the idea of, like, a person fighting themselves in their mind, you know? And they're, like, two separate people. Except for in this version, they're two separate people interacting with the world around them, which is a dump. And they're, like, turning on machinery, throwing tires at each other, crushing each other in, like, uh the junkyard press it's so long this scene and like kent keeps getting beat up and then all of a sudden he's just like never mind i could win i forgot and then wins and then like and it's, it's also, just the end of the the scene you're just like that was a really weird it's also a huge problem this movie has which is that there should be some like there should be a, a, a level of stakes to, to like, anything at all all, all all well yeah anything at all but these fights vary like one minute superman is like this chemical fire will melt the eastern seaboard and he's like trying to like save lives and put out this fire and then the next minute he's in a junkyard and like clark is like i'll, I'll throw a tire at you yeah, that'll stop just you just throws what? a bunch of tires is like loops on top of him but then like evil superman is like i'm gonna put you in a couple of bumpers laying in this junkyard that'll stop you i'm like what do you guys know what you do like this it's, it was it's, so weird because like superman appeared to have his powers and then clark kent just seemed kind of strong sometimes it was yeah. just so bizarre like i could not figure out what they were trying for and it goes on for like a very long time it's super and, and long. evil superman keeps winning and to the point where i was just like oh does evil superman just win is that like how this ends he just is like well i won bye it was a very weird scene i, I also want to call out the moment in which a clark pushes uh evil superman into just like what is a small indoor pool of of, of acid like it's just it's not in like a where a section of the warehouse. It's it's just like out. It's like out in the middle. It's just like a concrete like ditch full of acid with a wooden sign, like fucking Looney Tunes that says, "Uh oh, acid." You know, it's just it's like next to where you get off the crane. Like yeah, the crane guy has to be like, "Oh, I dropped my sandwich in the acid again." Holy shit! Thank God I didn't slip. 
We should put a sign. Yeah, or a railing might be helpful. <laughs> no, it's just got a sign up here so nobody gets in the acid by accident. Fuck me. Um, I just, I, I think I've covered all the anger points. I, I was gonna say the only other thing that I have, I mean, the ending's pretty the stupid. Computer sequence. So yeah, Richard probably not only turns out to be a super genius at computer programming, but also at electrical engineering because he writes out plans on like eighty-two napkins, uh, for a supercomputer that can do whatever he wants it to, can't be stopped. They build it. They try to. He tries to turn it off when he realizes it's going to kill Superman. Which I'm like, you tried to kill him earlier. You created Kryptonite to kill him, and you handed it to him physically. So I don't know why all of a sudden his character's like, wait, I don't want Superman to die. It's like I. They never really build up like a, a good moment for why he decides that he's going to turn against the bad guys, which is sort of yeah. weird. He's just suddenly, like, seeing Superman die. He's just sort of like, oh, boo. They kind of, like, do a little bit when they're talking about people getting in fistfights at the pumps. And the guy's like, ah, that's what happens. You know, rich people get rich, and it's always the little guy who gets punished. And he kind of makes a face where I'm like, oh, is he realizing that, like, he's he's screwing over people who are just like him? But no, that never really is brought up. He just all of a sudden becomes kind of good at the end of the movie. The machine turns out to be able to create its own power. We cut back to that sweet you know not at all telegraph scene earlier from the chemical plant where the guy tells him that if these uh, chemicals are to heat up over uh 70 degrees or something they create a cloud that can eat through metal so superman flies grabs it comes back to the grand canyon this thing's going to try to turn him into like a cyborg so it can control him he brings the chemical it blows up the movie ends he's flying with richard pryor in one of the weirdest scenes ever because it's like the flying scene from the first one with margaret kidder so it's yeah, just very Pryor isn't, I wish Richard Pryor was reciting freeform poetry. Oh time, yeah, though. do you hear it too? It, do you in like a nightgown? It? Yeah, just so weird. <laughs> I also I, want to point out that the, the supercomputer that was designed to be the, the, the apparently smartest man in the movie, um, that was designed to see weaknesses, puts Superman in a bubble when he gets there, and then he just lasers his way out of it. And I'm like, boy, he didn't really. Uh, do a lot of analyzing, yeah, did you? Also, they were like, they're like, let's see how long he can go without oxygen. It's like, well, he flies in space, so probably for a very long time, because I don't know if you guys know this, there's no oxygen in space. He's up in space a lot. And then and then like the, the, the kryptonite thing, I mean, I guess that, that, that works, but we already knew that. You didn't need a supercomputer yeah. to tell you. Like, just the supercomputer somehow figures out what the unknown is to hit him with the kryptonite. I, I guess. Um, but the end is like so weird, because he goes to, he lands at like a coal mine. And he tells them that they should hire Gus, who is uh, Richard Pryor's character. But Richard Pryor doesn't want the job. He's going to walk back to a bus station to get to Metropolis. Superman takes a piece of coal and crushes it into like the world's giant, biggest diamond. And then he gives it to Lana Lang. Now, he says, Superman had this lying around. He wanted me to give it to you. Is it supposed to be like she knows he's Superman? Is it supposed to be he's proposing to her? Or is he just literally giving her a diamond ring? I can't tell because later, like they're like, "Oh, he gave this to me," and and Lois Lane's like, "Oh, what the fuck?" Yeah, she makes and... like a sad face as like another "fuck you" to Margaret Margot Kidder, just to be like, "Yeah, that's right." Even in this fictional world, your character doesn't get to sleep with Superman. And why would the token you'd give her is the wedding ring from her divorce? Yeah, well, I mean, I it's, it's not the same ring, but yeah, it is. Very I know, weird. but like, it's supposed to represent the ring that she hawked in yeah. the divorce why would that be what you gave her like what 
It's very odd. And then, like, at the end... Give her money for her bills. Her child is cold. Yeah. (laughs) He gets her a job as uh, White's new assistant. Oh, right, yeah. And she almost gets killed by that machine when it, like, malfunctions at the end. Did you notice that piece that flies off the top looks like it almost hits her right in the head? It really does look like... Like, To the point where I was just like, oh, my God, this is almost like a Twilight Zone moment. Hey, how did, how did she die? Oh, it was just a, a freak accident with a... With a jingo machine. Bob Jingo machine. <laughs> Fuck me. Oh, God. I, I think I think my catchphrase has become just just me saying, just, I, I don't know. <laughs> I think I say that a lot in these episodes, and I think I've said it like ten times in this one. Uh, this movie also had something else which I thought was interesting, is uh, it, its budget was $39 million. How much of it do you think was buying that Beatles song that they played for like 30 seconds? <laughs> like I was listening. It was like an actual Beatles song. I was like, who, who the fuck okayed this purchase? It was like, yeah, this is probably more money than we ever needed to play pay for a song to tell people it's from the 50s. It was so weird that it was like all of a sudden there's just this Beatles song and then they play Earth Angel. And then, I don't know. It's also like, did you notice that they played Lana Lang kind of like Lois Lane? Like she was really flighty. Yeah. Like, she would be talking to him and then forget what she was saying and, like, walk away. It was really weird. But anyways, I think that's I think that's enough for this piece of shit. I, I wish this, I wish I did, I, I wish I spent less time on this, to be honest with you. I, I agree. <laughs> it was definitely so a that's disappointment. So that's it. Uh, do you want to recommend this one to anybody? No, no, I would not. I don't even think I would recommend this to watch with people because it was just, it's two hours long, which I thought was like absurd. Maybe if you're, maybe if you're high. It's, maybe. It could I, be good. I don't think so because I think it's so boring. It's yeah, like, I think you're right. I mean, like, movies in Look. the 80s are a lot of people talking, but like you said, one at one point where there could have been an action scene, they just have some guy talk about it instead. Like it's a Greek tragedy and it happened off camera. It's just very odd. Yeah, but but Pokes. More importantly, this is um, this is almost the the end of the uh, the original Superman movie. Yeah, so and we're... and here we thought they probably couldn't get worse, but I have a feeling that the canon film Superman Four: Quest for Peace may be worse. Yikes! I've never yeah. seen it, but I can't imagine canon film has ever made a movie that was worth watching. Well, we're here on like the seventieth episode of this podcast, because we're making our way fucking through, man. We're gonna get there one day. We are one day, one day, one day, uh, or all, or we'll be dead before then. It's both just sound it's good. really up in the air, you know. Who yeah, knows? but I'm, I'm I'm fine with both. <laughs> we'll be doing this podcast as the earth as the sun swallows the earth, you know. Yeah, Still and if we're talking just... about comic book movies. If I could just spin the planet backwards so I don't have to do this movie anymore, I would do it. That's my review. That's my fucking review. That's, would you recommend it? No, I wish I could no! use superhuman strength to... My recommendation is I'm leaving now. Pose can finish this one. Oh, bullshit. Wow, this is, this is rough, guys. All right, well, uh... Bullshit!